0: Ryan Dunleavy from the New York Post was there in Baltimore covering the game, the post game, all the reactions. Hey, Ryan, how are you?
1: Good, Laurie. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing just fine. So what's your uh, what's your lead for, from this game? What's your, your number one takeaway?
1: That the Ravens totally melted down, didn't play at all like the Ravens do. And that's what the Chiefs do to you. They, that's what Patrick Mahomes does He He forces... He's so good. He's so explosive. He can do so many different crazy things like throw passes to Travis Kelsey floating in the air that he (laughs) forces you to get away from who you are. And the number one rushing attack in the NFL, only ran the ball 16 times, only handed off to the running back six times. And a team that was used to playing from ahead all season played from behind for 43 minutes and didn't know what to do.
0: Yeah, and it's funny, Andy Reid. We you know from earlier in his career, we think of as somebody who really wants to beat you, throwing the football. And that was, I think, earlier career Andy Andy Reid. And here he has the best player in the NFL in in Patrick Mahomes, and yet put together a a game plan based on situation and, and the fact that they had a two score lead for most of the second half. And it was the – if I had told you in advance that it would be the Chiefs who would run the football 32 times while the Ravens would run the ball 16 times, what would you have said?
1: I would have said the Chiefs are down the whole game. <laughs> yeah.
0: it, it, it would, yeah. You wouldn't have believed me.
1: Yeah. No, I would have I would have said it's the opposite. I would have said you yeah, had the box door backwards. I would have said, the, you know, they're <laughs> – the Ravens are the team that's you know run the ball whether they're winning or losing. The Ravens are the team that want to shorten the game, Laurie. So, no, I would have said you had the box score backwards, basically, because there's just even when the Chiefs are winning, you don't expect them to run the ball. You expect them to use short passes, basically, as their running game. The screens to Travis Kelsey and whatnot. And, no, it's uh, it was a total opposite game and really was all the hype about the Ravens' defense you got to give credit. The Chiefs won this game not because of Patrick Mahomes, not because of uh, Travis Kelsey. Their specter looms over the game, and Kelsey had 11 catches for 100 yards and a touchdown. But they won this game because of a defense made up of second-year players and Chris Jones Mm -hmm. that's going to be here for a long time playing with Patrick Mahomes.
0: Yeah, I said this last week when the Chiefs beat – the buffalo bills you know in buffalo on the road the whole point here was all right well mahomes always gets to play at home for the playoffs he had to go to buffalo and they beat the they beat the bills there and what i came on the air last week and said was if not now when if you're not beating patrick mahomes and the chiefs this year when the defense is terrific but young but a terrific defense but the offense clearly, in building this team, they underestimated some of the offensive weapons this season, and they have Travis Kelsey, and they have Rasheed Rice, uh, a rookie who they trust. But they—I know the last couple weeks they they threw a couple of key passes when they had to to MVS, but. That's it. That's the circle of trust. Um, You know, Isaiah Pacheco from Rutgers can run the football. You know, he's in the circle of trust. But when you're looking at wide receivers, it really is just rice. Like they, Mahomes and, and this team was limited this year offensively. And if you can't beat them this year, you're the Ravens. You were the number one team by every measure blowing everybody out all season long. If you can't beat them now, then I don't know. Ryan, when are you beating Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs, Steve Spagnuolo, Andy Reid, this defense, and and this team?
1: Well, I'll give you one answer would be when Andy Reid retires. Because there's (laughs) these rumors circulating that he might retire. So. I guess that's one option because we've seen if you have a bad coach, if you play somewhere the wrong coach, he'll screw up the quarterback, even as good as Mahomes is. So that that is a possibility, I guess, of when it could end. Or it just won't, Lori, I wrote this last week. Like, this reminds me of Michael Jordan squeezing Patrick Ewing, Carl Malone, uh, all these great guys, Stockton, Malone, Barkley. Yep. Reggie Miller, all these guys who were yep. great players in the '90s who just couldn't win because Michael Jordan suffocated the championships out of you. That's what Patrick Mahomes is doing. Like, yeah, you got a random one from Matt Stafford, and yeah, you might get a random one somewhere down the line. Yeah, or you Hakeem, might get a random one H- from Hakeem, Brock, Brock Purdy,
0: right? Hakeem Elijah, one, whatever. Every once in a while, somebody wins something. But I said but the same. You're
1: look, yeah, you are looking at Mahomes winning eight in the, or at least going to like eight in a 10 year span or yep. something like that where he just sorry, Josh Allen, sorry, Lamar, sorry, Trevor Lawrence, sorry, Joe Burrow. Maybe one of you will get one, but you're all not getting yours.
0: Right. I, no, I made the same point last year as well, uh, last week as well. This is, this is Tom Brady. This is what it feels like. This feels like Brady. This feels like Jordan. This feels like this transcendent player. And now they have, you know, surrounded him with this defense. And um, w- w- I want to get to a few other things, but back to that sort of circle of trust. One thing, at least for the locals, that was, um, I don't know, before the game, a-, a familiar story that probably had some people rolling their eyes. But uh, but I'm sure you noticed um, – former giant Kadarius Tony was not active today uh, for both personal reasons and they said injury reasons due to a hip and Kadarius Tony himself seems to be refuting that isn't he isn't the team doing him a favor by not saying why he's not really active which is we do not trust you at all?
1: I don't know I honestly don't know. I- like this is the, the giant. He said he the Giants were lying about his injuries when they had him, and then they traded him. I think the last thing anybody in the Chiefs locker room or organization wants to talk about when they went when they go to the he's so tone deaf. Like they're going to the Super Bowl where he was a Super Bowl hero last year, and he's ripping the organization for uh, lying about his injuries. But yeah, you're right. They're probably doing him a favor. <laughs> saying that he's injured and not that's why he's and not just that he's inactive. Like it's just it's so clearly like he's not even on the radar of things that matter to the Chiefs that uh you wonder honestly if he'll even be brought to the Super Bowl and they'll just leave him home.
0: Dr. ryan dunleavy from the New York Post uh in Baltimore covering the game today. And all right, so that's a lot of um there's a lot to talk about and uh, on the positive side for uh, the Chiefs. And I guess one more there before we, we get to, I want to turn to the Ravens. You mentioned the young defense. I always think when it's time to talk Super Bowl, I also look at legacy. And in terms of legacy, of course, there's Patrick Mahomes. Of course, there's Andy Reid. Travis Kelsey passing Jerry Rice for you know most receptions in the playoffs. There's legacy, all of that. Chris Jones. But Steve Spagnuolo and i know it didn't work out as a head coach with the rams but when you look at what he did with the giants and what might be the biggest upset in super bowl history with a giants team that came out of nowhere really to beat what would have otherwise you know an undefeated patriots team that would have otherwise gone down in history as the greatest team of all time and now what he is doing as defensive coordinator with the Kansas City Chiefs, what about his legacy as an all-time defensive coordinator?
1: I don't think it's just as an all-time defensive coordinator. I think Steve Spagnuolo is establishing himself as an all-time assistant coach in the NFL. Not mm-hmm. Offense, defense, special teams, whatever, uh, to, to uh, have, like you said, mass, that masterful game plan with the Giants However, many years ago, and now, honestly, Lori, he got as much credit in the post-game locker room today as anybody did, as Mahomes, as Reed, as Kelsey. I mean, players were tripping over themselves, raving about the game plan, <laughs> raving about the game plan he came up with for the Ravens, uh, like the way that to take away Lamar the way they did. No, I think Steve Magnillo has certainly established himself as, you know maybe not the Mount Rushmore, maybe extended, but like as a top 10, probably coordinator here in NFL history.
0: Now, when you talk about what was taken away, so probably not a huge shock to you, but um, from the time I've come on the air, there are definitely people who are critical of Lamar. And certainly I'm critical of, of him today in terms of, But I also felt like it was Todd Munkin. I thought it was the offensive game plan. I thought they let Spags dictate to them what they were doing. And they got away from the run game. They didn't seem to be calling design runs for Lamar. And so let's start there is... Spags was great, but how much of this are you pinning on Lamar Jackson? How much are you pinning on the offensive coordinator, Todd Munkin? What happened with the Baltimore Ravens and you know the player who is likely going to be the MVP of the regular season not looking at all like that?
1: Yeah, like I said, I think they just got caught in an unfamiliar situation. I had done the math. They trailed for less than 95 minutes all season, like 95 out of 917 minutes that they had played uh, in the 17 meaningful games. Take away the regular season finale when Lamar sat, so they had played. Not, that was basically 9.7 percent of their season they had played from behind, and then they played from behind for 43 minutes today. I think they were just in an uncomfortable spot. Yeah, that bags gets credit for dictating that, and Todd Munkin and. Lamar gets blamed for not being able to adjust to that. I mean, they all—they didn't hand off to Gus Edwards and Justice Hill. They had three carries each for those two running backs. The design runs with Lamar were gone. And, you know, they, it was a close game. So, like, there was no reason that they had to abandon the run. They threw the ball 37 times with Lamar Jackson. That's just not the Ravens formula to win the game. Not Certainly not with those receivers. And then they... You're talking about an offense, they, had, they threw the ball 37 times. I don't think I heard Odell Beckham's name until the fourth quarter of the game. So it was really just an offense that was throwing the ball on every play, and only one guy was getting open, and that was Zay Flowers, because Mark Andrews certainly wasn't as much a 100% as, you know, maybe we were led to believe all week.
0: Yeah, and then speaking of Zay Flowers, um, you know, was there you know reaction after the game? I felt... You know, bad for him, obviously, as a rookie. He lost his cool. There was the taunting. And then you could see how distraught, you know, the, the fumble to me was less about him making a mistake and more about, you know, from the Chiefs' perspective, that was just a an outstanding defensive play.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, if the taunting hadn't happened right before, I think I would agree with you even more that it was, but once the taunting happens then you wonder you know is his is his head on right at that point is yeah. he trying to make up for it is he not controlling what he can control to put it in players language but from a technician standpoint I have to I probably have to see it again but the first time I saw the replay I think both of his hands were on the ball It wasn't one of those things where you stretch it out with one hand and it gets knocked loose and that's how it ends up going through the end zone for a touchback like we all the time, with guys diving for the pylon. I think this was a case where his fundamentals were solid. It was just a guy made a great play, and it gets compounded for Jay Flowers because twice in a minute he did two things that cost his team, you know, yards.
0: Yeah, you mentioned Odell Beckham Jr., and it's also interesting, you know, for those of us around here who saw firsthand the early part of Odell Beckham Jr.'s career when he was the emotional rookie and then the emotional young player and the player who could lose his cool a little bit um, in a game. And to see it come full, full circle, I have to say, you know, credit to him at the end there. It, Odell Beckham Jr. is now the, the senior statesman and comforting Zay Flowers, comforting uh, Lamar Jackson. And just, you know, it's, it's interesting to see the evolution of people and to see him in that role.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. That's an interesting uh, way to look at it that I hadn't quite thought of until you just mentioned it. But certainly he had his share of, you know, uh, bonehead plays or mistakes that cost his team the game when he, maybe he was thinking more of himself than the team. And I'm not saying that's what Zay Flowers did, but if you're going to be in Zay Flowers' shoes there where you're feeling like you cost your team, I guess Odell Beckham is kind of the guy to tell you, "Hey, I've been there, done that, and you come around to come around to it on the other side." Because uh, obviously, he he ended up having five great years in the, with the Giants that I'm sure the Ravens would love Dave Flowers' yeah. career to take off down that path here you know, these next three or four years.
0: So the last one before I let you go, just is um, what would you say to some of the callers and people who are saying? Lamar Jackson destined to be a great regular season quarterback, but can't win, you know, the big one in the playoffs. You know, it was something obviously leveled at Peyton Manning for a while in his career, but that Lamar Jackson, you know, can't be a great postseason quarterback. Um, Are you, you know, is that fair until he finds a way to overcome Mahomes and the Chiefs and get to a Super Bowl?
1: I would say you just better say it about everybody. You better say it about uh, Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. You better you better say it about. Uh, I mean, I know Joe Burrow got to a Super Bowl, but he didn't win it. So you just, I mean, I don't know that Lamar Jackson's in any other boat than any of these other guys are going to be in. They're they're all going to be trying to face the, the knock down the, the unkillable Patrick Mahomes. And uh, I mean, Lamar Jackson played a terrible game today, but you know that happened that happens. So, no, I would not say he can't win a Super Bowl. I would just say, you know, the odds are stacked against him just like they're kind of stacked against everybody else who's going to play against Mahomes in his prime. I mean, that's six AFC championships. That's four Super Bowl appearances. Could be a third Super Bowl ring, and he's 28 years old.
0: If not now, when? It felt like this was the season they were... But, they They but, looked beatable in the regular season.
1: But remember, we forget this, Lori. Tom Brady went 10 years without winning a Super Bowl. 10 years without winning a Super Bowl. So he basically won three and had a second career won three more. Uh, I guess that could happen to Patrick Holmes. I just, I for one, don't see it.
0: Yeah, that's what's crazy is I, uh, I you know, said this off the top of the show and at, at some point want to get to that and will in the next few weeks, uh, you know, as we get, between now and the Super Bowl, is just when Brady and Belichick happened, I thought we will never see the likes of this again. And in saying to people, let's appreciate this because we'll never see the likes of this again. And here we are. I mean, it's five minutes later. (laughs) <laughs> and, I, I, you know, we're looking at Mahomes and Reed, and I'm thinking, look at the numbers. As you said, Patrick Mahomes is 28 years old, and we don't know what the future will hold. That's true. but And Andy Reed could decide to retire, but I don't know. My gut tells me as long as they are going to Super Bowls and Andy Reed sees that all-time win you know, it, we've been thinking that it was Bill Belichick who would pass Don Shula. Andy Reid could be the guy to pass Don Shula for most wins ever. And Andy Reid could be the guy. I don't know that he'll get more Super Bowls than Belichick, but I don't know. Uh, you know, with, with Mahomes and this team and that young defense, it's not impossible.
1: Yeah. And then, but like you said, don't forget, like we did all that wasn't going to happen for Brady. And this is five minutes later, quote unquote, five minutes from now. Caleb Williams might be his nemesis, or right. maybe Arch Manning is his nemesis. Jaden Drake May, who knows?
0: Maybe
1: it's some 10th grader. Maybe it's some right. 10th grader <laughs> who's going who's gonna to come along when Patrick Mahomes is, whatever, 33 yep. and be the guy who starts taking down the home.
0: Yep. That's the fun of it, isn't there? Uh, it is. All right. Well, safe travels home and uh, Ryan Dunleavy from the New York Post. Good stuff. Is uh, is your coverage up um, on the Post website already?
1: It is. Yep. I appreciate it. Yep. you find everything on mypost.com.
0: All right. You can catch uh, the uh, Ryan's articles and all the Post coverage there at the Post website. And good stuff. And we'll catch up with you down the road.
1: Sounds good, Lori. Thanks for having me.